Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world's shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. That's N-E-I-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Today, I will be speaking with Andre C. Hatchett. Andre is a man of many talents and websites. The BlackRealEstateSchool.com, AndresNotarySchool.com, the NotaryBusinessSchoolNYC.com. Andre is obviously a busy guy. Dot com. <laughs> He's achieving his dream of financial freedom by having as many streams of income going as possible. I'm interested to talk to Andre about his businesses, getting past the fear of going solo, and dealing with the lean times in between times. You all are in for a treat. I first became aware of Andre a few months ago. I was dabbling with the idea of becoming a notary public. I had some time on my hands, and I figured it'd be a you know easy way, a quick way to make some extra money. And he, I subscribed to his AndresNotarySchool.com, and I did the training. Then eventually went and took the test here in California where I live, and eventually I became a notary public. The first call I ever went on was for a loan signing, and it was easily one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I knew for loan signing that the notary public is required to print a whole bunch of documents, loan documents, to take to the borrower. I didn't realize how many sheets of paper I'd have to print. I actually ended up going through two toners of my printer just to print all the sheets. It ended up being almost about almost 500 sheets of paper. I remember getting there to the borrower's place. Actually, we did the signing at a local Starbucks, and then. When they saw one of the first few sheets that said the the loan agreement, you know, the, the terms, they didn't agree with the terms. They said, oh, these terms are different than what we had expected. And this was around 9 o'clock in the evening, which was midnight on the East Coast where their lender was. So they ended up having to, to call the lender and try to get him involved. I was just thinking, man, this is going to be my first, this is my first experience with, with being a notary public, I'm not sure this whole notary public thing is for me. I ended up having to spend maybe an hour, hour and a half there. And, man, it was such tedious work, basically going through each sheet, 
making sure the borrower signs where they're supposed to sign, and then where, and for, and for all the documents that need to be notarized, I would have to notarize those and then take a note of them in the notary journal that I keep. And this was mind-numbing work. I'm sure, I mean, easy in terms of, you know, it doesn't require all that much mental power, but just very boring. And I remember finally getting out of there, as I said, after an hour, hour and a half, and then it turns out I actually missed a sheet. I found out, found that out maybe a day or two later. So then I had to do that sheet, get that sheet, go to the post office and mail that on my own dime to the borrower to make sure that the loan documents were complete. And it didn't even pay all that much for the amount of time, it, the amount of time and efforts required to actually do the work. And it was just, man, I was... I was. I haven't done another loan signing since. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever will. I have done some notary stuff though, but only if the the person that that wants something notarized has the documents already. So I don't have to print anything. So I just basically show up and do the notary part, get paid, and then leave. I like those jobs. <laughs> those jobs are great. They don't require all that much time or effort. So I'm. Most likely, if I continue on as a notary public, I'll focus solely on those type of jobs, not so much on the loan signings. I'm here waiting to see for, for Andre to call in. I haven't seen him yet calling in soon. Hi, everyone. Sorry to, uh, to cut out there. Uh, it, it seems that Andre hasn't called in yet, so I think we'll wait for a, a little little longer to hopefully hear from him. As I said, I met him a few months ago as the instructor of his own notary school, andresnotaryschool.com. In addition to training people about notarization, he also helps people that want to become, I guess, the notarization boss, in, in, in meaning you would be the person that would farm out notary work to other people and then collect a percentage of what those people collect from the from the client. I didn't really go down that route. I've never really been too keen on being a manager of people. I'm more I'm more along the lines of wanting to work for myself, basically to then have more control over my life and not have to be responsible for the lives of others. I really wanted that, man, because I stayed as a manager at a job. Although I guess in that case, you still are an employee, which I, I definitely don't want. Not at this stage. I really enjoy the, the freedom and the, the latitude that I have now working for myself. I would never want to go back to a corporate environment where I have to essentially listen to what others say and, and do what they say, get paid what they want to pay me, You know, go in for those performance reviews on a yearly basis to hear all the things you did right and wrong, whether you agree with it or not and then have that performance review tied to whether you get a raise or not. When you work for yourself, you give yourself a raise when you want to give yourself a raise. And essentially, you can get paid what the market will bear. Well, obviously, you don't want to be ridiculous with your pricing. You still need customers at the end of the day. You're not completely autonomous. We all have customers, whether you're an employee or you know, working for yourself. Someone's paying your bills. I mean, when you're an employee, it's the employer. And when you're working for yourself, it's the clients that you're able to get. 
it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic now being a, a you know working for myself there's a lot more that I'm responsible for which I don't mind because you know with that responsibility comes the the control that I so crave and it's so far so good and it's working out really well especially with this podcast hearing from people who have actually made that jump to going from corporate life to going and to being to being entrepreneurs and just hearing the different stories and how people came to that life, you know, anything, all the the issues that they've dealt with since transform, transforming their lives to the entrepreneur life and essentially what's keeping them going down that path. There's a number of people that try to become entrepreneurs and then eventually fear gets in the way of them really progressing and they end up going back to their regular life, which is certainly not something that I would want to do personally. I want to see the success. I want to see this, you know, I want to see this succeed, pardon me, you know, my, my entrepreneurial efforts. And really from this podcast and listening to other people and hearing their stories, it really motivates me and gives me inspiration to keep going down that path especially the people who have been entrepreneurs for a while, you know, a few years, you know, a number of years, and, you know, year after year, they're still able to make it, make ends meet and, you know, basically make a life for themselves while being entrepreneurs and not tied to any company. It's interesting. Whenever I go to networking events, one of the first questions people ask me is, who do you work for? Because they automatically assume that people work for somebody. And that's a real shame that people have that mentality. And for a long time, I had that mentality too. I had no interest or even idea that working for myself was a possibility. It was always kind of really into my brain, the, the idea of going to school and then finding a job and, and working at those jo- working at jobs. My job doesn't work out, you move on to another job and so on and so on until you retire. That's basically your work life. The idea of actually having that control to work on things that you want to work on and work for yourself, that was never... Really brought up. I was never brought up when when I was a child, or even as a, a younger adult. Now that I'm going down this path, it's just it's it's something that I would never never want to give up. You know, at, with doing this podcast has really been a help with that. Only recently on my YouTube channel, that I started distilling some of the gems that some of the previous guests have provided during these conversations. One of them that I that I took to heart is one I got from Alicia Shapiro, who runs Lero Marketing, a social media marketing company. Started up, I think, about four years ago, and I asked her a question on the on social media marketing and what if a company that she approaches doesn't really understand or appreciate the importance of social media marketing? Does that ever happen? And if so, how does she deal with it? And she says it happens all the time. But what she's able to do is then really convince people that social media marketing is the same thing as business networking in the event, in the sense that you're really working, looking at a long-term game as opposed to short-term. You're not going to get a lot of business right away from networking, but if you keep on doing it, then the business essentially will come. And essentially she said the same thing is, is the case for social media marketing. I see that Andre Hatchett has, has tuned in. Let's, let's bring him in now. Hello, Andre. Welcome to New Thompson Speaks. 
What's going on, Captain? Sorry for the hold. I got a little bit caught up. How's everything going? Oh, everything's going great. So essentially, Andre, the the reason I really wanted to, to speak with you on this podcast is the fact that I mentioned in the intro that you have a number of businesses and you know, the, the people that are listening in tend to be the what I call entrepreneurs or reluctant entrepreneurs. They may have ideas that they want to, to implement and, and start their own businesses, but they may be, you know, there's something that's holding them back. And one of the issues I think a lot of people face is the idea of leaving corporate jobs and leaving the security of getting a paycheck every week. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't necessarily have that, that type of security. But I, I'm guessing the fact that you have multiple businesses, that's your way of trying to, I guess, counter that, that, that perhaps fear that you may have that, uh, of not having that steady, you know, steady income from a corporate job. I mean, is that, is that the case? Is that the reason that you have your multiple businesses? Well, I'm a little bit different. I've never had a, 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 what, what we consider a corporate job, per se. So, so for me, my nine-to-five world was working with special needs children. Um, that was that was my nine-to-five S, per se. So I was never a corporate six-figure, how a lot of my um, comrades are, are and were. So my path was a little bit different. Um, so I never really – so for me, the fear um, – the fear was very short-lived because I wasn't ever happy. I wasn't ever very highly personally fulfilled. So for me, not being fulfilled every day, it's like I don't have anything to lose anyway. And my whole thing was, you know, that the jobs, like my jobs aren't gone. Like I, I can get another job. So why the hell am I going to be here unhappy and not give myself a, a chance to get out and to grow and develop? So, so my path was like skipping. No, I'm talking. No, okay. So it was basically face the fear and act anyway, which, which I heard someone say. I forget who it was. Uh, face the fear and do it anyway. So that was my mantra. And for having multiple businesses, it's just really fun. <laughs> it's just fun to start something from the bottom. I, I, I just left uh, a design shop where I'm working on getting some hoodies made for this documentary that I'm working on uh, to help with the sales and to get the word out there. And it's like a new revenue stream. So it's exciting. It's fun. And it, it just, it, 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 once your, uh, your adrenaline is going through work, and what, what you're pumped up about work, it's like you have a different level of internal, uh, 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 it's a different internal high going on. So it becomes almost addictive to start a new thing or to grow or expand what you already have. So for me, it's just about, <laughs> honestly, about having a lot of fun. Wow, that's that's really that's really interesting. I mean, just like well, like you said, I guess you're you're right. Your your background may be a bit different from others that you know started off in corporate life. I mean, for myself, I started off just having a corporate job because as I was a child, that's what was kind of drilled into my head. You go to school and you get a job. Yeah. It's never the the possible even the thought of starting your own business. I mean, what was that? That's oh. something other people did, not not me, not you. You know, from, you know what was coming from my own from my parents. Oh, I worked as a, oh, I worked as an engineer in product oh, development yeah, okay. for a number of years, and nice, so I worked nice. in various medical device companies. And but then eventually I I got the bug of you know maybe I could make something out of you know myself and you know just depending on myself you know to get past you know to, to you know, work for myself. But you know the you idea go. of you know facing the fear and 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 you know you know seeing the fear and then doing it anyway. I think that's 
as excellent advice for people that are, that are contemplating going off and doing their own thing. You know, a yeah, big so, fear, I think, also, well, another fear that I think that people have is, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're now responsible for bringing in clients, and you're also responsible yeah. for, you know, making sure that that client base is, you know, as stocked as it possibly can be. You know, I mentioned yep. earlier that, you know, at a corporate job, you get paid every other week. So you don't have that issue of, you know, what happens during the lean times when, you know, business isn't going as well as you'd like. And, you know, I can I can appreciate that as an entrepreneur, there are sometimes ups and downs. So as someone oh, yeah. who's been an entrepreneur for quite some time, how do you deal with those lean times? Um, it, uh, I, I do a few different things. So when things are down, I, I listen to videos and I read books. Uh, about people who have also been down and have also, who have also written. Uh, I, I looked at my past, maybe like the PayPal receipts or, or the Stripe or, or Square, if you use Square. I look at that and like, oh, I have done this before. Okay, I, I've done this. So I have a track record of things going right and of course I have a track record of things going wrong. So when things are going wrong, I, I look for what things went right in my life and, and I look at other people and I hear their stories about them, when things weren't going right and how they overcame them as well. Um, uh, it can be dark. It can be dark. Um, I, I get antisocial when I'm down, which isn't good. I actually don't advise it. Um, when, when, when I'm down, I, I like to isolate myself, which isn't good, especially if you're if you're in a relationship. I, I kind of close people out, which I'm kind of working on doing that. So if, 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 if anyone's ever listening, don't do that. It, it's healthy to be around people. Um, so, yeah, I, I touch on past times where I've done good, where I've made things happen. Um, read about people who have been through what I'm going through, and or worse, and um, I take it from there because once you have a track record of of something that has sold, so like if I've sold courses before and I've had a bad two weeks, I've done this. Okay, so so what did I do when I did it right? And I just get back to what I did right and just add an extra flair to it, and um, it helps me out. You know that's excellent. That's excellent advice, especially the advice of of listening to others that have gone through similar situations and seeing what they did to get out of them. I mean, that's really one of the, I guess, goals of this podcast is really listening to people that have started their own businesses. And I often, when I, when, when, when someone's on the podcast, I ask them this question, you know, it's not always going to be great. And when, what do you do during those, you know, not so great times? So yeah, that's excellent advice. Listening to people that have, have, have been through it. You know, another question, another issue I think that a lot of, of you know, people that want to start their own businesses have, is I, I think I mentioned already, is, is getting the clients. So you you've had multiple, you have multiple businesses in in your in your you know entrepreneurial life. What strategies have you used to to bring in clients? Um, well, depending on the business. So to bring in clients, I've done a few things. I've um, expanded my SEO reach. So, so so Google AdWords. I became really good at actually at building an organic, uh, uh, organically building um, SEOs and websites that are SEO friendly, search engine friendly. I've used tactical words to help me come up higher on the search engines. That's something that I've just literally spent hundreds of hours at home trying to work on and perfecting. Um, for my courses, I, I, I've leveraged other people's networks. So I've done a, I've basically uh, interned for the pet, for, for two years for my man, that's what Watkins did with a bunch of free shit, wrote articles, helped them out wherever he needed help, um, helped them out at events, which, which, which I still do. 
<laughs> and that led to, you know, him, you know, if anyone doesn't know who he is, he's probably one of the most successful black scholars and people that we have of our time slash activists. And that led to us having a partnership. So, so for my um, school that I've built, a couple of those we are full-fledged partners on. So I've used it. I, I got in, um, started with interning and branched out to business partnership, and now we have partnership, and he has a few million people in his network. So uh, SEO, email marketing, old-fashioned going around to people, telling them what you do and how you do it, uh, asking people how can I help them before I ask for help. That's big, and um, not being afraid to just you know enter and get two different people in and get my reward on the back end. You know, I've asked this question of I've I've done this podcast maybe about twenty times now, and that advice I think is by far I don't want to insult the people that've been on before, but that that advice is probably the best advice I think I've ever heard in terms of how to get clients and just being an entrepreneur in general. You know, the the yeah. idea of of what you did you could be interned with Dr. Watkins for two years. So basically to let him know that you're serious about your about your business, you're serious about learning, you're serious about growing, and I'm sure by him seeing that, that it made him want to, to do business with you because, you know, he sees you now as, you know, this guy's serious, I can trust this guy. That's excellent advice, Andre. I, for, the, for people that are listening, I hope they, they, they take that to heart. I certainly am going to take that to heart. I never even, I never really, really thought of it that way. But that's that's excellent advice, and that's the thing that like, most people don't. But like doing so, so I, I would literally like like arrive to the airport. He was in New York. I I, I go to his events and say, hey, look, you need help. I ask for security. Um, wrote free articles. You know, he's a cool. He's a really cool dude too. So so we became like friends as well. But I I, I just know that um, he was at a level that I want to be at, and I said I was. I, I mean, I need to. Just be around people who are on different levels. So I guess offer free services. I'll say, here's what I'm good at. Here's what I can help at. Hey, I'm here. And then it goes a long way in there because most people don't do it. Most people always lead in with the ask and not with the offer, how can I help? So if you're different in your approach and you lead in with, the, okay, here's my strengths, here's how many hours I can give you, I'll shoot me over some assignments and get your words later, it works. How can I help? Those are like, how can I help? Those four words can really open so many doors, Andre. You're absolutely right. Did you always have that idea, or is this something you just stumbled upon? Um, it's something that I've always kind of had with me. I got it from my parents. <clears throat> Hold on a second, Nelson. Bus coming by. Um, I got it from my dad. You know, he he's a he's Jamaican. I'm Jamaican, so it's kind of an old school upbringing. And and we were kind of just raised like, do what you got to do. Like, you never have to stay somewhere, but you got to kind of prove certain things to people and to yourself. So it was basically like, do like do what it takes. Do what it takes. Show up and um, take it from there. What's up, man? Excellent. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. You know what? That's 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 excellent. That's excellent advice. You know. The more I think about it, the, the more I wish people would, would heed that advice. You're right. Most people, when they approach you, they approach you with what, you know, with, you know, right away with, you know, the money and, you know, what they can do. It's, it's not really like what, what value are you offering somebody? That's what you are to find out. 
you know, Bingo. What, 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 what pain are people feeling? And do you feel, do you, do you relieve that pain in any way? Because if you don't, then they really don't want to talk to you. <laughs> That's essentially how it goes. That's true. But like, yo, you're Jamaican. I had no idea. Yeah, Jamaican. Yeah, Jamaican. I, I was. Oh wow. Yeah, well, I'm not Jamaican, but uh, both of my parents are also from the Caribbean. My mother's from Grenada, and my father's from Trinidad. Oh shit! I never knew that. Oh, this time I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I guess I kind of have that same kind of, I guess that whole, you know, that Caribbean kind of mentality. I guess. <laughs> I guess we got we share that in common. No, of course you have it. I mean, like, um, uh, are you still in law school? What was that? Are you still in law school? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I take the the final exam next week. Actually, next Thursday. Yeah, man. Look at you. You 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 have a podcast. You're in law school. You've taken well at, 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 at least two of my courses or more. So it's like, dude, like you are definitely from the islands. You definitely have an island mentality. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. You know, it's uh just going after things that you, I want to do. That's basically what it what it came down to, and I. Another goal of the podcast is really to give people that freedom and just give them the, I guess, the motivation to, to just not be afraid and just to go after the things that they want. I mean, it's a, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out, and so what? You're still alive, right? <laughs> you know, you're not dead yet. You're, so, so, so why not try? That's my exact mantra. It's like you're not going to die. You aren't going to die from going for it. And a lot of us, we feel dead when we don't go for it. Like, I had years where I felt dead, and I said, you know what, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Um, like, like I, I'm going to go for what I want. Now, some things aren't doable at, at, at some exact moments, but, you know, I, I just don't want to live with that what-if thing. Like, 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 for me, personally, like, that just kills me, even think about it. Like, what if? Like, I don't want to do what if, but, like, if I see the pretty girl on Facebook and I'm single, like, I want to ask her out. I'm at the bar and she's with her friends and it's just me, she's a group of friends. Like, I want to go into the group and I want, and I, and I, and I want to find her. I want to ask like, like, her out. Like, I don't want any regrets. I don't want to go home saying, damn, like, what if? That, that sucks. That, that really sucks. Indeed it does. Absolutely. So you have, a, as I mentioned in the intro, you have a number of businesses, the Black Real Estate School, Andre's Notary School, BlackNYC.com. Where do you see yourself going now? What are your future plans for these businesses or any other businesses you want to start up? Uh, future plans. Future plans is to work with Neil on some joint ventures. That would be really cool. Um, <laughs> that, um, I, I like what I'm doing right now. I, I, I love the online teaching. Um, it's been my most successful and profitable business. Um, I want to keep that going. I want one in every ten households to have one of my courses. Uh, black households have one of my courses in the next three years, which I can do. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Um, I, I'm working on a documentary. I'm working on a documentary, my first friggin' movie. I'm so pumped up about it. It's called Own or Be Owned. The values will go up with or without you. So it's dealing with real estate and the black community and how it's like, look, like the home values go up. Are you part of this? That we're going to focus on emerging markets and markets that we passed up on. And, you know, like if we would have acted here where a lot of us would be now, because a whole lot of us get mad about education, education, all that bull crap. And and oftentimes, you know, we, we, we could be part of the values going up, but we, for some reason or another, we, uh, <coughs> Missed out on it, 
once the values are really low. But like it's our own fault in most cases. So I I I, 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 I want to just show it in a cool, um, hidden colors, 7 a.m. black wall documentary kind of cutting edge way. So it's exciting. It's new. I've never done it before, but it's it's, it's going to be a really cool challenge. I'm looking forward to that. That's that's really interesting. I, I'm looking forward to hearing the documentary too. So this has been a, an education for the, for the, the spare time that we, we chatted. I, I've learned quite a bit. Thank you so much for calling in, Andre. It was a pleasure, Neil. Stay in touch with your audience. Uh, you're in the right place. This guy knows his stuff. You got it. All right. All right, man. Well, everybody. Well, everyone, that uh, that marks another end of Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Links from the website to those social media platforms, and also a link from my from my to the podcast from the from my website. Till next time, please take care. <laughs>